Congress. Dr. Anthony Fauci says... Everyone who needs a test according to the way we're approaching the identification, isolation, contact tracing, keeping the country safe and healthy, that hopefully we should see that as we get towards the end of May, the beginning of June. That's what I'm being told by the people who are responsible for the testing. And you're listening to USA Radio News. Attention all radio listeners who still need food supplies. If you've thought about the implication of food-related supply chain disruptions and are concerned about the coming quarantines, this will be the most important message you will ever hear. Here's why. In the next few days, all Americans will face extremely hard choices. If we've learned anything from China and Italy, it's that quarantines and enforced lockdowns are just a few days away here in the U.S. Listen, while dehydrated food is becoming scarce, you can still get enough open pollinated heirloom seeds to grow a one-acre crisis garden. The truth is, growing nutrient-dense vegetables in the days ahead may actually be the single most important thing you do. Go to survivalseedbank.com and watch the new video to understand the nature of the threat. This could be life-saving. Lockdowns can last from six to eight weeks. Get free bonus seeds, special quarantine reports too. Go to survivalseedbank.com. That's survivalseedbank.com. Mum's the word that's at least according to the State Department regarding the health of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. As we hear from USA Radio Network's Chris Barnes in Washington. I don't have anything to add uh, to the status of Chairman Kim. Kim Jong-un has not been seen in weeks, and there has been that speculation that he may have even died of a serious health condition. But Pompeo told reporters just moments ago that he has no information on that, and the U.S. mission when it comes to North Korea is still the same. In his words, verified denuclearization. Costco is requiring all customers wear face coverings starting next week due to the coronavirus pandemic. Starting on May 4th, the new policy will take effect in stores across the country. With the new policy, Costco says most stores in the United States and Puerto Rico will return to regular hours. Costco also is announcing only two guests will be permitted for each membership card. You're listening to USA Radio News. Enjoy the Crab Deck as they help to bring delicious, affordable food to the Las Vegas area during the COVID-19 crisis. Get your early morning fix with Skillet Breakfasts, Steak and Eggs, Stuffed French Toast, and their homemade coffee cakes. Or try their delicious lunch options including burgers, healthy salads, and gourmet sandwiches. Now open for curbside pickup and delivery with DoorDash from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. daily. For more information, go to thecrackedegg.com or download the Crack Deck app. The Crack Deck, great service and home-cooked meals. Would you like to be the next radio star? KSHP can help make your dream a reality. Be part of the KSHP family and have your own show on the same station as the radio shopping show, Coach Harvey Hyde and Brian Blessing. Whether it's sports talk, entertainment, or your special interest, we can help you develop your own show and get it on the radio at a price you can afford. Call us at 702-221-1200 or send us an email at mail at kshp.com to find out how you can be the next radio star. Car lovers rejoice. The Hollywood Cars Museum showcases automobiles from over 100 movies, TV shows, and videos. Conveniently located at 5115 D. Martin Drive, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, Hollywood Cars Museum gives you the opportunity to see legendary cars from RoboCop, Back to the Future, James Bond, Batman, and so many more. Open seven days a week from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., the Hollywood Cars Museum now features the new Liberace Garage. Check out the Hollywood Cars Museum online at hollywoodcarsmuseum.com. That's hollywoodcarsmuseum.com. 
If you have or ever intend on making real estate transactions that involve mortgages, or if you simply want to learn more about real estate and mortgages in Nevada, make sure you clear Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. I'm Brian Feldman, and along with Louis Galindo, one of the most successful mortgage loan originators in the state, I will be hosting Rent It, Buy It, Refi It, the most comprehensive, informative, and interactive mortgage real estate show in Las Vegas. Fridays from 6 to 7 p.m. If you have a roof over your head, don't miss this show. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. JohnSyndicate.com. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Direct from the Vegas Strip. Are you looking to access the most powerful betting syndicate information directly from the Vegas Wise Guys? The same games that players walk into the casinos and move 5, 10, 20 dimes a game on week in and week out. Learn the secrets of the most powerful betting sources directly from our office to your ears. All you have to do to walk with that air of confidence is pick up the phone and don't stall. Make the call. Call 1-888-201-4201. That's 1-888-201-4201. Call now. Call free for your access password at johnsyndicate.com. That's www.johnsyndicate.com. Call now. Call free. Hey, this is former odds maker Kenny White now on your side of the counter. Go to oddsxfactor.com where I'm going to reveal all the secrets how to beat the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and especially college sports. College is my forte. I love totals. I love second halves. And I love in-game. I was seen on 60 Minutes. I can beat the point spread. I was on the other side. Now I'm with you. Go to oddsxfactor.com. 1-800-209-1679. That's 1-800-209-1679. Pick up the phone and make the call. Get today's Consensus Club play absolutely free. Coming from the outside to the inside here at SportsInsidersRadio.com. Get our top consensus play from me, John, yours truly, plus Kenny White and Brian Blessing. It's absolutely free. Don't stall. Make the call. 1-800-209-1679. 1-800-209-1679. Here we go. Another edition of Sports Insider Radio coming to you from Las Vegas. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you. And we've got the boys, John and Mike, ready to rock and roll. We'll recap the NFL draft. We'll start to look ahead. Uh, In the sincere hope that sports returns, fans at games remains a very big question. But first and foremost, let's get the athletes out on the court, the rink, the field, whatever it may be. And we look forward to that day. And we always look forward to Wednesdays when we get the chance to talk to the boys. Let's send it east. John and Mike, I will let you gentlemen determine who goes first. 
Well, you know, uh, it's, at least it's sunny. It's, uh-huh. The weather's turning. That's pretty much uh, the most exciting thing for me over the last week with all the rain that we've had. But John over there is, is really excited for uh, Nicaraguan basketball. Been hearing about it all day. I am very, I am very excited about Nicaraguan basketball. Who's playing? Are you excited about Nicaraguan well, basketball, well, Brian? Who's playing? Give me the lowdown. Uh, today we have Carazzo against Real Esteli, and Nicaraguan uh, Bajo Dieciséis against Masatape. Are you excited? Oh, oh that, in the, no, that, in the, the, in the, the Torneo Carlos. You, you, you lo- I can't even say it. You, it's I should I should know how to say it. Lee, but ahead. no, really, they got they got now we got Taiwan basketball. We have Nicaraguan basketball, and uh, it just goes to show Nicaragua. It's interesting there. You know they they border with Belize, which is you know the bottom of Mexico. They never have shut down since day one. Nicaraguan. It's crazy. I I like getting the geography lesson. I'm I'm happy with that. Oh yeah, we got Tur- 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 Tajikistan, Turkmenistan. But you know, like I was telling Mike, you know, the issue is not in this. You know, I'm not going to harp on this every week. The issue is not now. It's evident. There's plenty to bet on if you want to bet. That's it. I mean, there's just no debating it. The issue is having the lines at the at the at the books and the issue is also the limits so for instance um taiwan baseball um is rocking and rolling the rakuten monkeys are like seven and one um the public's been hammering them as large favorites i've had them i went against them once on the game they lost as a 200 dollars dog and as you know and i did a video on it cashing dogs in baseball regardless of where they're playing it still has validity you know me i'm a dog lover in baseball i've been talking about dogs in baseball for literally a decade and the reality is whether um whether there's baseball here or baseball in Taiwan and right now we have South uh, Korean preseason baseball were you aware of that Brian no <laughs> so, so yeah so we keep, have keep baseball in Taiwan regular season but, but, okay, we I'll, have I'll, South I'll, Korean I'll, preseason keep going go ahead I'll, I got a question go ahead keep going. we have Nicaraguan soccer we have Belarus soccer we have Turk uh Turkmenistan and Tajikistan sports, soccer, and basketball. But again, the limits are low. You can't get off huge money on these games. So that's the issue. Okay, but uh, well, okay. Well, what are the limits now? What What would your best guess be? I, I mean, generally, like, you don't need to know specific place, but generally speaking, like, what kind of limits are you talking? I mean, like, yeah, two, three hundred dollars. It's nothing. I mean, like for instance, I went to a global place and I was betting the draft, and. Um, the guy that was drafted first, you know, I, I hate laying chalk. I can't remember his name anyway. My, my, you know, my son was my draft analyst. He was like seven and one, and um, he um, he hit a nice dog for me, by the way. Over two and a half, it was over one and a half plus four hundred. Will two players be drafted from Ohio State? Back to and back. And he begged me to. But it was back to back. I'm sorry. It had to be back to back. Right, back to it was something plus four hundred. So I took him. And I tried to play. I tried to, you know, just I look, 200. And when I went and hit submit, it knocked me down to $50. Then the favorite, the first guy to go in the draft, whoever the guy was, um, it wasn't Burroughs. It was it was somebody else. Anyway, Chase it was Young? a huge. Yeah, it was like something like that. Chalk. I tried to bet 500. It knocked me down to $50. 
So even on the drafts, so these are large offshore outfits. They could not. They they didn't have enough liquidity to be able to take any big bets. So that's what I think the issue is right now, is that you have a liquidity issue. People that are used to betting a nickel and dime, for you listeners out there, nickel, 500, dime, 1,000 a game, you know, and then you go in and you're all excited that you have something to wager on and they knock you down to 50 or or $100. When you go to the checkout part of the screen, it's pretty crazy. Because they don't tell you before. You have to find out when you actually hit the submit button. So what are you doing with the Taiwanese like baseball and things like that that are up and running and you're keeping tabs on it? What kind of, you know, are, are you getting any kind of read on it? Yeah, so I am. So, I'm, you know, I have guys that I follow. The games start basically, you know, it's easy. It's kind of like regular American baseball. You know what time they start for us. It's, it's uh, early morning baseball. For you, it's staying up late baseball. So the games start basically at 2 o'clock every day in Vegas, which is 5 a.m. In, in, in Maryland. So, you know, if, if you're so inclined to wake up at 5 a.m. in Maryland, you, you, you can watch baseball every day. Uh, there's no fans in the stadium. They're broadcast live with English announcers. They're drawing about 5 to 7 million North American viewers a game on stream. Wrap your head around that, Brian. Five to seven million gamblers are getting up, or better, or just lovers of baseball, getting up and watching uh, a live broadcast of baseball uh, in Taiwan. Most of the players are American. Most of the players were in AAA farm leagues. There, there were college baseball players that couldn't make it in the MLB. Um, I watched a, a, a guy coming up in the Baltimore Orioles uh, farm league. He played. He was the starting pitcher the other day. So I mean, it's so from an American point of view, you know, you're taking these, and this really is the same. This is the case for ninety seven percent of all the athletes in these other countries. So you know, when we say Taiwan basketball, make no mistake about it. We're saying Americans that couldn't make it to the NBA and are now in Taiwan playing basketball. When we say Taiwan baseball or we say South Korean baseball, make no mistake, 50 to 60% of those teams are Americans that were playing college baseball or were in the lower leagues, you know, trying to come up in the MLB and they're now in other countries. They would be there anyway. As you know, my good friend Troy who's a professional better. You've met him a couple times. His son is a professional hockey player. I'm not going to name what country, but not in the United States Hockey League. He's in another country, and that was pre-pandemic. So you have a lot of these players that are really good, and they, they and their entire uh, you know uh, life, um, I remember when I used you know go back and forth to Israel to see family. You know, you go to Tel Aviv, basketball is huge there. Every single player is an American. So, have you, you know, when you look at it from that aspect, Brian, watching these leagues, you're not watching these players that you don't even know of. You can do a quick Google search on each player. You can see what college they went to. You can see how far they made it, if they were ever in the NBA for a little bit of time and they couldn't hack it and they got demoted down and then they left the country. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. from that aspect, it's not that foreign as we're making it sound. And, Michael, what have you been watching to occupy your time? Netflix. So I'm, I'm really into... Uh... <laughs> I'm really. I've been Time, really into timing is everything. Okay. The, the Jordan, the final dance, has been absolutely incredible. I mean, maybe it's because it was a little bit before my time. I ended up falling in love with Jordan and the Bulls and the whole, you know, 
the dynasty after really the dynasty came to an end, and I kind of watched reruns in my, you know, I was in middle school at the time. So, you know, just rewatching it and seeing it in real time is just a really cool experience. Um, aside from that, sports, it's really, I've been watching reruns on Monday Night Football on Monday Night Football. Like, it's really Monday Night Football in the, in the summer or the spring right now. And kind of cool. You know, it's some games you forget who won, so it's kind of like rewatching the game and, and still having that, you know, anticipation on who's going to win, not Googling it. And aside from that, just watching shows, I'm really, I loved Ozark. Brian, have you seen Ozark? All three seasons? No, I have not. I have not three seen really three seconds. Really good show. Highly no, recommended. No, everybody talks about it. I, I, I will tell I you mean, this. I, I've got, I got a stone in my shoe. Uh, I can't stand watching anything I know the result of. I mean, re- I mean, very rarely we'll do it. Same, right? Just can't stand it. Uh, but it's cool when they're putting. I'm not cool, but if you're bored and you're you're you want to start watching the thing, uh, a, a classic replay or something like this. Okay, hey, it's piqued my interest. I'll watch this. I'm not sure exactly how this ended. I'll watch this. Right. But when you go to the guide, you go to get the channel to say, you know, what, you know what, what's the what's the show? And it says, oh, you know, the Golden Knights beat Ottawa on Jonathan Marchessault's overtime goal. Uh, the re, you know, it's like, what? don't give me the result of the thing. You know, just say it's, it's a, you know, just give me the two teams that are playing. Don't don't tell me the result. Yeah, I mean well, that's that. I'm the same way. I can't watch a game knowing the result. It just doesn't give me that. You know, it just doesn't do it for me. And I guess that maybe certain fans are they enjoy watching certain players. Not me. I want to know the anticipation on who's going to win and and sweat it out like I do with every single game in in life prior to the pandemic. So, you know, I, it, look, I do believe, like we always talk about week after week. It, it seems to change day by day. Everything, we just really talking about certain um, outcomes of how these leagues are going to start last week. It's much different already this week. I, I do believe they're going to figure something out for the summer. Um, I don't think basketball is going to come back, but as long as we have a full football season and the anticipation of still maybe they're going to, you know, because I know they're, if for basketball, they did start training. So, Obviously, there, there's something in the works. I haven't heard anything about the actual basketball season beginning, but they've started training in their own facilities. So, obviously, they're hopeful that, you know, by mid-June, they could maybe do a, you know, some sort of abbreviated playoffs where they'll probably just go right to the playoffs, if that. But, you know, with baseball, I just – I don't see if they don't start in June – if they're going to be able to even have a season unless they do just a very short season similar to where the strike years where they had a very short season um, and then do the playoffs. But as long as, look, at this, at this point, let's just pray for the safety of everybody. Let's get everything together. Let's make sure we have them, you know, an enormous amount of tests for everybody. They have protocol and just have a full football season. And going forward, we're not interrupted if there is a second wave. So the worst thing that could happen is they bring back football, the second wave comes in November, December, and they just cancel the season. Like, you know, at least when they do begin, let's make sure that the 
systematically they could proceed with the whole season and not have it interrupted. At least that's my opinion. So, What say you, sir? I mean, look. This is such a large country. I said it last week, and I, you know, well, you know. By the way, I'm, 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 I'm lo- sitting here looking at. You want to know what I'm actually doing right now? I got TVG on. I'm looking at horses. Some guy just texted me. Said he's got a move in esports, which I'm just basically deleting the tweet. I'm just can't even be bothered. I, I've tried everything with this esports stuff, and the reason why I don't like it, just to, my esports rant, is that everybody picks chalk. It's like anybody, any you know, you don't text somebody and say, "Look at my esports algorithm," and you give me every three hundred dollar favorite. Thanks, I can do that myself. I don't need you for that. You know what I mean? Have you looked into esports uh, since we last spoke, Brian? I, I watched the NASCAR race, and by the way, there's a virtual Kentucky Derby this weekend with the triple crown winners. Wow. Did you see that? No, I did not. I will say I am surprised at the clientele um, that are all sports inclined with the legality of horse racing being legal everywhere. I'm surprised. You know, I love it, um, but it's just to get these guys interested in it. It's just, you know, this is, like I said, this is a defining moment in showing the personality of wagering. I've often said, you know, I always say, my mind just treat your business, your betting is a business, don't worry about what shape the ball is. And all the, and this is the time where all that runs true. You know, I'm sitting here while I'm talking to you. I have four screens up. I have uh, an eSports screen up just to monitor alerts coming in to see if there's any value on the dog side, your favorite word. I got horse racing up. I got TVG on the TV. And then I got three monitors with the stock market up, and I'm trading like a, uh, like a degenerate gambler. So, you know, again, anybody telling me that they can't fill their time wagering, I would go so far as to say you, you can actually fill more of your time with wagering because if you take the stock market – just the traditional stock market. That's from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then you're betting horses. You can bet horses all the way to the West Coast till basically doing this on New York time, you know, 10, 11 p.m., I guess. And then you, you, you then go to sleep for a few hours, and you wake up at 5 in the morning, and you have baseball and basketball, Brian. So tell me where, where is the lack of, a lack of action. There's plenty of okay. it. Uh, go, ahead, go ahead, Mike. Well, I had a funny story regarding the esports. So I have a good friend of mine that's fairly big in the esports. So we usually play a, a you know weeknight every night of the week. We play this poker tournament online, and he's like, after the poker tournament ends at midnight, he goes, "I got to start getting ready for esports." And I was like perplexed. I said, "What do you mean? I see the esports in the U.S. They're playing them." He goes, "No, no, no. DraftKings and FanDuel doesn't offer U.S. esports. They only offer the international ones." And I'm like, well, can't you put your starting lineup in before he goes? They don't even come out, so I have to wait till one in the morning. He's in Florida. I have to wait till one in the morning Eastern. Put in my starting lineups, and then I watch esports from two to five a.m. Then I go to sleep for three, four hours. Then I trade the market in the morning during work. I take a little afternoon nap. I play poker at night, and then I wait for eat. Like he's obsessed, and he's doing very, very well. But it's unique. I was. I wonder how why that is. Why they're not. Uh, DraftKings and Fandor not picking up U.S. esports where they're only following maybe because it's that much bigger over there and they have more less volatility. Uh, I'm now not they, really. Now these are these are actual people playing a game or are these randomly generated it's, it's, sim games. 
No, no, it's, no. It's these are they, Brian. These are all. These are these are not sim games. These are these are leagues and teams. Like I said, LeBron James, um, uh, Orlando, I'm not, uh, um, Magic Johnson. They all own leagues. Yeah, it's called LOL, and there's a couple other ones. LOL is the big one, League of Legends. So it's, they're playing a video game, right? Live people. And there's DOTA, there's Do- Dota two. Yeah. So it's, it's I'm just fun. This it's right. Like he's so obsessed, where he goes, "All right, I got to go all in. I got to get out of here. I got to get ready for my lineups because that's where his big money is. With us, it's more just for fun, small money. So he's like, you know, I got to get my lineups in, and you know, they, at two a.m. it begins." In Japan, and I, I'm just, I'm like, all right, you know, and I'm trying to get into it. It's just not. Look, I draw the line in the sand, right? This is where I draw the line. I just can't get into it. It's not the same for me. So, you know, everybody's got a different opinion. There's, you know, like we talk about with sports betting, there's a million ways to skin a cat. So, you know, if, so if that's what so just, works for them, great. So just to give you an example, Roger, I'm doing, I'm doing, getting this information online as we speak. Roger Saffold, you guys know who he is? No. Offensive no. lineman for the Rams. Okay. Um, he he is a he just he's the proud owner of a team he just launched called Rise Nation, an esports team. In December, the three-time NBA champion Rick Fox, previously known as Gravity Gaming, renamed, renamed his league Echo Fox. The team focuses on League of, Levin, league of Levin, Legends games. So, I mean, you're talking about Mark Cuban, the Dallas Mavericks owner, is literally betting on esports through the startup, his startup Unicorn, um, the billionaire, blah, 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 blah. So everybody, Gordon Hayward, the Utah Jazz star and another current NBA player, have launched a League of Legends uh, league in the League of Legends. So the league you're talking about, Mike, a lot of these teams are actually owned by professional athletes. Andy Miller no, and Mark Mastroff, cool. co-owners of the Sacramento Kings, they've invested in a new esports franchise known as NRG Sports, which also specializes in League of Legends. So obviously the League of Legends is going to have the most action. Shaquille O'Neal, um, along with baseball players Alex Rodriguez and Jimmy Rollins, have purchased and participate a league in the League of Legends. Everybody's going all out. I could just keep going. Jeremy Lin, um, same thing, owns a league in the League of Legends. So a lot of these guys, um, you know, they're they're making money off off this somehow, some way. I guess through sponsorships in the league or et cetera. So it's huge, and it's a it's a it's an out for these athletes to be in another form of competition with video games, but just like you saw them playing the NBA 2K and they were in their house, a lot of these guys start playing these games themselves and then they have enough money, like, well, hey, we can own a league. We can make money with sponsors in these leagues. There's all, You're only limited by your creativity, right? Right, exactly. But, you know, that's the thing that I'm going back to. It's interesting because, again, you really see, and this is what's going to happen, is the, the 0 to 60 situation, which is once... There, if you have five to seven million people watching a live baseball game streamed on Twitter with no fans, that number is going to be what did they say? It was the largest, uh, I think it was the largest viewership of the draft ever. They came out with some stats, Brian, that it was like the largest. The betting handle on the NFL draft was like people oh, just want industry U.S. sports. Yeah, yeah. 
craziness. Well, I'm sorry? It was an industry record. It was ridiculous. And in Vegas, well, but the majority of it was shut down for a month leading into it. Right. So now let me, I got to ask you, and I, you know, you know me, I'm, you know, even though I live in Baltimore, Maryland, um, I am, um, you know, I'm in Vegas enough that you know at least once a week usually. Um what what's your what were you what was your take on the comments of uh Miss Goodman last week? <laughs> Jeez. Go ahead. You give me your comments. Well, no, I just think I, that I it's talked like, you about know, it around here. You uh, you did or you did not on the yeah. other radio show. No, shows. I did. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, but again, because a lot of people aren't just listening in Vegas at this, to this show, and it's, um, you know, I was just. I curious, think like, I think her 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 heart and her premise is completely sound. The way it came out, there were massive flaws in how it came out, but she's right. I mean, we have to at some point get on with our lives here. Look, nobody wants sports more than we are. But again, when you say getting on with your lives, you know, this is the thing with Vegas particularly since I mean I don't know many people that live on the east coast that spend as much time in Vegas as me I mean I don't know anybody for the last decade that's flown back and forth to Vegas on a monthly basis I'm sure there are other people but obviously I'm intimate with it's like I'm a local I, I mean really I go into restaurants there and they hey what's going on like you know just like if I was here in Baltimore so I just can't here's a big word fathom how they're going to have table gaming or for instance craps how are you going to have a crap game with a thousand people standing around it forget about sports betting sports betting we can go we could put our phone we can do what we already have been doing go in fund our app and then be like mike mike sitting at the pool all day betting like a absolute maniac his biggest issue in life is do i have enough battery chargers to keep the phone full why he can just bet on everything in game live um so sports is really a non-issue. I'm to the table gaming aspect of it. How do you anticipate? I mean, I've been in crap games where it's just you have to fight your way in to get your arm in there to roll. I mean, how are you? You know, those days I I can't. I, they got to be how, over. What do they say? In the, uh, I don't know what I've heard. Is it limit three people at a blackjack table? I don't know what they would do. Whatever. I mean, but the to. fun uh, atmosphere when I, you're at a crap table and I, they're exploding and there's a uh, thousand people at the crap table and the guy's got every number up on uh, the board till I roll till I roll the seven. Um, so <laughs> nice. Uh, you know, and then you see the crowd thin very quickly. But I mean, that, half the fun, and we deal with a lot of people that are huge crap players. So I'm, I'm using the crap as an example because, uh, as you know, our good friends in Georgia, they, they don't walk away from the table for any reason for at least 10 hours straight. They sit there and roll. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. Um, so the question is, like, I've been involved in some of these, like, we'll call crap benders, where you just literally your feet are cemented to the table and you don't move for 10 hours. So... The fun of that is not only the money won and lost, but it's the, it's the yelling and the screaming and the high-fiving. Yeah, it's the interaction. So I just don't know how you get that back. I mean, I've seen one of my guys in Georgia. 
I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have a couple cocktails. I'm not saying he did. I mean, I've seen him yell at a guy to roll a particular number, and the guy rolls the number from the other side of the table, and he walks over and hands the guy 300. So, I mean, it's like, you know, where where is that interaction? Because that's what makes the game. Or, or you're or you're you're throwing the money to the dealer, and you're saying you're on it with me, and everybody's rooting together. So, I mean, I to me, the sterile environment of having one guy at one end of the table, one guy at the other end of the table, one guy in the middle. How, how can you have that kind of action? I just don't see it. I, well, you're talking about a crap table. How about how about uh, how about NFL games with uh, you know nobody there? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think I, I think that I think the the sports better by nature is, and I, I and I'm going to say this. You know, I understand that you run the Club Madrid. I understand you're doing it. You're, you you got people in there all day long. But you're also in a little bit of your own bubble. I mean, as someone from a betting point of view, I mean, I'm perfectly content sitting at my house watching every game on the on the red zone and, and, and just having my phones up and my websites up and just betting like a maniac, right? So, well, I you know, the one the funny thing is I, I will uh, – I'd recommend people watch it. Because it was kind of like, yikes. I mean, when you think about it, when we're, we're talking about what we want, and we all desperately want. First of all, we want to get back to normal, where we're going outside. Uh, Real Sports on HBO, uh, it came on last night, and it airs a bunch of times during the week. Well, basically what they're saying, uh, that, that over in Italy, why this thing, you know, we know how bad Italy was. Uh, they said that there was a you know, the, the city escapes me. It's a smallish little town. Uh, who up here, Mike? You're the soccer guy. Who? Uh, oh, uh, 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 Leicester City was that the team that that shocked the world? Yeah, the, yeah. Okay, yeah, that was it. Yeah. That was the team. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were doing a thing. It was uh, a small. Maybe Mike, you may even know is, is, who was the small, a real small Italian team. A uh, small city that made—I I believe it was—they got into the was it the Premier League? Uh, that they, they were. Yes, yeah, so it was uh, Atalanta. Yeah, it's like Atlanta. It looks like Atlanta when you write it out with two T's. But I yeah, know. that's it. What's the, what city's it in? I think it begins with an M. Actually, no, Atalanta. That's a Greek Greek team. That yeah, yeah, no, this was an Italian team, and I believe I believe the city began with an M. Oh well, hey, so but I'm watching, and th- this was in, I guess February, uh, and it was like the biggest game they ever had, and they said literally two thirds of the city was at the game, and they're saying that's where this thing blew up. No, the- no, I'm wrong. Atalanta is Italian. Okay. Atalanta is an Italian team. Yep, that's exactly the team. And and they and they had a big night. I think they won. They they beat somebody and they scored a boatload of goals. Oh, you're talking about? Sorry, you said and Napoli. You're talking about Napoli. If you said it starts with an N, M, then it would be Nap. I, I thought oh, M, M. I think. Well, it could be N. Nap. Two teams that are never really made the round of sixteen for many many years. Both were from Italy. They're not the top teams in Italy. They were Napoli and Atalanta. Okay. Well, you, Juventus, that's the big team with Ronaldo, and they've been there for years. But those two teams usually have never made the, the round of 16 in the Champions League. 
Oh, go ahead. You, you know what? Actually, for, for the t- I believe, I'm 90% sure. I'm, I'll get to it eventually, only because I'm an idiot. Uh, I think the, the team's based in Milan. That's what it was. It was an M. It was Milan. I think the team is based in Milan, whoever that would be. Uh, so at this soccer game, they literally uh, were talking about that every time they scored a goal and the people went nuts and cheered, it was, they said, it, you literally said you were watching a disaster live on television, that the virus just spread around the whole stadium. And then they tracked uh, people that were uh, at spring training games in Florida that when they left Florida and went home, and then they traced them where they went out. And they're saying that, honestly, sporting events, of all things, are the absolute worst things in terms of spreading the virus. And if you watch the thing, it's pretty scary, actually. Which would be interesting to me if it was an outdoor. You'd think with an outdoor stadium with no roof, but I guess it doesn't matter. Well, they, they literally said it was funny. They The way they painted the picture of the thing, it was that when they scored the goal, and they said that every person that let out this blood-curdling scream of joy when they scored, every person in there threw out this cloud of droplets. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> like, that I get completely. I, I, like right. out, you know, like 10 rows well, then, down. The, and they're saying every horse, person that did it, it just it was just a cloud of the virus. When, when they, then a racetrack can't be that good because I, I don't care what anybody says. Horse betters scream way more than sports betters. Yeah, oh, no, that's right. But... But it's it yeah it's a handful of you know it's, but this was this was on Moss this was the whole stadium at once letting out this thing and it was like it, and it, it actually it kind of made sense and then they went on to say you know that, that the NHL and the NBA and baseball continued to play for weeks and that, that you know in large part I mean sports probably pr- played a pretty significant role in spreading this thing because of the mass gatherings. Well, now you're going to have me. Now you just gave me something to add to the queue to watch. No, I mean, and honestly, I mean, I, I'm hopeful. You know, I, I, I think we we do have to find a way. If it's we wear masks and, uh, you know, and we we get going a little bit here. Uh, again, the the fan situation I think is going to be quite the significant hurdle. Uh, that I mean, I, I believe the sports will come back. They'll find a way to to get back on the beam here. But boy, oh boy! Uh, if you watch that story and and you think about you know the way they said it and described it, I thought it was it was I think it was fair and reasonable and like, eesh! They they literally you, said you were you, watching a disaster live on television. Can you can you imagine if you lived in a city where they were building a state of the art NFL stadium and you watched it as you were driving on the on the you know on the um, on the road, and you saw it go up slowly, 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 and, that, and now it's complete. And you and the prospect is no one's going to ever be in that stadium for oh, a long I time. I, and I, I, I forgive me, I, I not to keep beating it up. But it, it was, I thought it was a very, very good story. But I mean, guys, do you remember uh, when the Italy thing was was blowing up? Do you remember seeing on the news? It was like I, be, I, I believe it was like they were in a church. But all all the caskets that were lined up in the church this is awful. It's depressing. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Did you remember that, seeing yeah, that yeah. picture? Yes. Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Those were all people that were at this soccer game. 
Basically, wow. everybody. It was like the, 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 the whole, the whole. That's why there was such an explosion that everybody in that stadium got it. Is what they're saying. Well, so it's interesting that you were talking about. Do you remember? The, so you know, since we're obviously don't have to give out recommendations and talk about sports, and you know, we're doing this to you know keep keep keeping keep it keep it going, and we can get into some of the surprising draft picks in a minute, but. Um, this is an interesting thing. I was reading, look, this is a business of numbers. The stock market's a business of numbers. Sports betting is a business of numbers. Horse racing is a business of numbers. One of the things, and I'm not taking issue with anything you said, and I'm not saying that anybody that wants to like open it up is, and I'm not saying I don't want to open it up. Of course I want to open it up. But what's interesting is this goes back to the principles of even betting. If you lose $100 on a bet, or you lose $100 at a poker table, is a perfect example. Like I just rewatched Molly Molly's game on Netflix, right? So that guy, he's down. What was he down, Mike? A half a million, and then he kept going no, back no, for another half. It was more than that. No, no, he started the first he first set, and then yeah, he went right, back yeah, for him. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're down a half a million. That's like that's like you're at that point you're numb. You go back. It's just like why well, I never bring a debit card into a casino because I know I'll just run to the ATM like a madman, right? I've done that, learned my lesson. So you try to get out, and, and what happens is it's a pyramid effect of, of betting more when you're down because it's at this point, well, I'm, only, I'm already down 1000 What's the difference if it's 2000 What's the difference if it's 3000 You become numb to the numbers, Brian. So the, what, the, what the guy was saying on one of the things I was watching was we're numb to this $58,000 um, we're numb to this 58,000 death figure. So he made a very valid point. He said, right now, you would, ha- you would have to have 18 consecutive days of 9-11 in a row to meet the limit of the amount of people that have died in the last month and a half, because we lost about 3,000 people in 9-11. He said, it's the entire uh, capacity of the Dodgers stadium. Imagine a game at the Dodger Stadium. Somebody drops a bomb and they're all dead in one shot. The problem is, is that we, because we keep seeing the numbers in small increments every day, we're, we've all become immune. Just like you're immune when you're playing poker, or you're immune when you bet a nickel on a game at halftime. You double down. Ah, what the hell? I'm already down a nickel. Now I'm going to be down a dime. Whatever. Well, let so, me let me just ask you this: in December, January, or February, or March. Did did you ever get a cold or the flu? Um, I did not, but uh, somebody in our office, we will he'll rename Mainless, and it was not Mike. Um, Mike is convinced that we were in, at work with somebody that had the virus. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, the the literal the, the way this thing's spreading and or, or has, I mean, you can tell him the story, Mike. The guy literally had a he was hacked, well, coughing. Well, I I didn't want to get political on the show. This is a sports talk show. The family show. We, we want to keep it all positive towards sports, it's, but now that we're a, on the topic, it's, it's a family show. We're talking about Taiwanese baseball. <laughs> yeah, they love it. It's a fa- family of betters. So I wonder if they say but, "go" when they score in Nicaragua uh, on a basketball hoop. It's, um, here's the thing. You know, I I don't want to get it. Look, I'll just give you my two cents or three. Um, look, it's it's basically yeah. Is it more contagious? Then the flu in the past, yes, it's contagious because a lot of people don't have antibodies. The reason people don't have antibodies, it's never been, we've never seen this before, but most people that get this beat it. 
And if you look at the flu year after year statistics, we lose a lot more people to the flu anyway. So it just we're just paying attention to it day after day after day after day, where in years past, I don't think I ever look at the flu numbers of how many deaths there are until the last couple months when I've been at home and it just pops up on my Facebook you know, notifications. So is it more contagious to somebody that's older, that has pre-existing health conditions? Absolutely. So is the flu. So I think they blew it out of proportion. They could have handled it better. Um, and I do believe they should open up the country and start and figure out, say, look, you have to leave at your own risk. If you do have health conditions and you're just, you have to be more cautious. You have to be, you shouldn't go to any gatherings whatsoever. You do the bare necessities. But for most of the population, you know, like, like John said, there was a guy in our office, uh, one of our partners in January for, he was actually going to Italy originally on a spring break trip and his daughter was abroad. So they were meeting up there and they were doing this whole European trip. And he just was like, I got to get rid of this cough because I'm going to be on a plane. I see this stuff happening in Italy. I have to figure it out. So he kept going to the doctor. The doctor kept giving him antibiotics. Week after week after week, he had a dry cough. He was in bed for a week and a half with a fever. Every single symptom that they say for COVID, he had. And he kept going back to the doctor. And for five weeks straight, the cough never went away. So obviously what they were giving him for the standard flu just was not working. And because because, back, because back, back then, this is the point. Back then, no one was looking for that. But they can't. And Right, exactly. This is January. So he was around us all. He's touching everything. It's not like, yeah, our office is fairly clean, but we have somebody come in, you know, once a week to clean up. He was touching things. I'm touch- So I'm fairly certain that I had it, that John had it, yeah. and the he, other he, people in our office had it. He probably we t- just are he, asymptomatic. He probably touched one of John's Perrier bottles. 100%. He <laughs> always touches them, even when just to touch them. Well, so, listen, again, not to be political and take any issue with anything that Mike said, one of the issues is the, the flu comparison, which if anybody who – watches the news understands it's the infection rate and it's the the people dying from the flu the this the 50,000 people a year let's say that die from the flu in the United States um, that's over the flu season which is basically the football season i mean let's 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 be technical the flu season is when they go back to school and when the super bowl uh, I mean, the flu season is football season. Football I, I, know, season. I know nothing from nothing, but the the, the 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 real aspect of this thing. But we're talking I, about the time. No, we're talking no, about one month. I know, no, but what I'm saying is I, the thing that that is, I think, I think that's different about this. And you're hearing all these mixed bags, and and the problem is you, you get all these agendas and all this crap. And just, can somebody just tell us what you know? Do they even know? They're starting to wrap their arms around what it is. But the thing that I think is the really scary thing, I don't know, the numbers are horrific, right? But I don't know about the lethality of it, but I think it is the thing that's, I think, really just the discussion we just had is how ridiculously contagious it is and how much it spreads. And then the the people that really are really adversely affected by this 
are people like you know nursing homes and people with right. So, but, but it, to me, it's more. It's maybe it's way more contagious than the flu. Uh, how much more deadly here, than the here, flu it is? I don't know. So here's the issue. The issue is um, not only the lethality of it, but the contagion. So they did a patient X in, in Wuhan. He was eating in a, in a Chinese restaurant, having some Chinese food in China, and they basically said he infected the entire, literally the entire restaurant, right? Staff, no matter how far away you were sitting from them. So the issue is because of the airborne nature of it. And what I think is going to wind up happening is it's going to all be about health and diet. And if you're, you know, my 80-year-old it, well, father. It's your, it's your immune system. Right. So, But my 80, the, the lethality rate goes up with age. So if you're 80 years old, my father is going to be 81 June 10th, knock on wood. He, um, he has diabetes, so he's, at the high, he's in the highs, but he's very thin. Um, the, the lethality rate for 80-plus is about 24%. Yeah. So almost three people out of ten people, they get it died. Now, in, in the young and under 60 and under, obviously it goes down. And so the issue is now you're a whale. You're retired. You have a jet. You fly to Vegas on these on these runs, and you just decide you're going to hole up in your penthouse suite. And and I know guy, I have clients that are like have jets and fly in and every weekend to play football and you know, betting them half a million dollars, you know, on a game. You know, they just don't. You know, and you hear all these guys like Jimmy Vaccaro, you know, throwing out tickets. Some guy just walked in. He doesn't say who. He just moved four hundred thousand on a game. Those guys. Unless they're trust fund babies or they're, you know, one of the lucky ones that happen to be extremely loaded at 40 years old, like Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world who's a year older than me. Okay, great. That's not the, the, that's the exception, not the rule. The issue is the casinos make their money from whales. The liquidity in the sports betting market and all the markets is from whales. The whales usually own companies, are successful, and a lot of them are retired living the life of Riley, betting like gangbusters, and they're in the demographic where they aren't going to walk into a casino. You tell me that 77-year-old whale that I have that owns his own jet that flies to Vegas literally every week from Cincinnati, he's going to go into a casino now, even though he's healthy, but he's going to be 78 next month? I don't think so. Well, I think, look, I think they'll make precautions for that. If he does fly there and he talks to the host, they'll make it where he doesn't even have to walk down in the sports book. He could sit at his penthouse in the casino, not leave, and still be able to bet. They'll figure it out. Look, we're all going to adjust. I mean, from what from this last two months, it's going to change the way we operate, and people are going to make, you know, restaurants are going to change. I saw this crazy thing where they showed uh, a, a, t- a blackjack table with all these plastic pieces in between it. I think it was just a mock-up, but it was kind of funny, where it was like everybody was in this plastic bubble <laughs> in between each seat for blackjack so you can't breathe on anybody. And, look, that's going to change because we know that casino chips are the top three you know, germs possible transferable through casino chips. So, again, I think everything's going to change, and it may change for the best. We're just, no matter what the outcome, as a society, we're going to adjust, and as long as we could actually start progress with how we're going to do it, people are going to figure out ways to 
to succeed. I just don't believe it's just going to put an end to these guys flying out there. They're going to figure out a way, and they're still going to bet. But with nine minutes left, are we going to talk about the draft? So you let's I, I, talk I, I, about Mike. Your great, great minds think alike. I was going to say this. I, honestly, it was, it was good to get your take on all this stuff. What about the? Let's talk about the Cleveland Browns. How are they looking? Yeah. The Browns. Come on, let, let Mike have at it. What was your What was your take on the draft over an, an overview? I think Mike? overall, I think the draft was an absolute success. Viewership was obviously everybody was so obsessed just to watch something that was live and you know a live event of any sorts. But the draft was a success. I mean, players they put it together. Um, you know, they did it all from home. It seemed like a really cool different event but you know what from a standpoint of the nfl is just going on as business man like business as usual so they personally from you know our team over here it's not my team right now until the season starts it's our team switching up the verbiage a little bit in the off season i think the ravens had a fantastic draft we we went best available like we always do and we picked up the kid queen uh from LSU in the first round is a great linebacker. He's a little undersized, but he's a sideline-to-sideline guy that we needed. That was a big need that we we really needed to fill coming into the draft. And he does need to put on probably about 15 pounds of muscle. He's still really young for him to be able to hang in the NFL. And then second round, we went uh, Dobbins from Ohio State. He was a phenomenal running back. He basically is Mark Ingram, Jr., prototype of him, the way that he runs, so we always need somebody in the NFL nowadays, you can't just have one running back or two running backs with injuries and the fact that they they just rotate with a running offense like we have in Baltimore anyway it's always good to have depth uh, we added a good wide receiver in the third round um, Devin Duvernay from Texas, who's a speedster and he's a pretty big dude but he's still short um and then we added a couple, you know, offensive linemen, but really one of the biggest picks that, if it pans out, came after the draft, where we just signed a offensive lineman, DJ Fluker, yesterday from Seattle, who didn't pass a physical, who's been very good for Russell Wilson as a guard, coming out of Alabama. He's, I think it's his 10th year now in the league. Solid. He just needs to, I guess, whatever his injury is, they, they see that he could – get fit and, and be fine, and that's going to replace Yonda, who's our pro bowler. So overall, I think the Ravens had a very good draft, filled all the needs, and I'm just ready for some football. But, Brian, what do you say about your bills? How would you guys draft? You oh, took my, one of my players, by the way. You took my guy. I wanted A.J. Espineza. Well, he, great. Uh, he, 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 they didn't have a first-round pick, but basically if you say Diggs was their first-round pick, their, their draft right. was Stefan Diggs, Epinesa, who many people had a first-round grade on, and that was one of their uh, biggest desires because they don't need much on defense. Uh, but that gives them not the best defensive line in football, but it gives them the deepest defensive line. Where I mean, they, they're rolling guys in fresh legs all the time. And then uh, they, they, they wanted to get a running back, and they got the Moss kid from Utah, and... They got a tall wide receiver that uh, I think was also a bit of a need in the red zone. But I, I think these guys, and, and from, you know, whatever, I, bring him in and let this guy learn. Maybe you get a solid backup and improve there. I mean, it's a team that they're, honestly, they're built to contend right now. They they had no glaring needs, and 
the the slight needs they had, they filled. Now, I know the right now I saw the odds for the team to land Cam Newton with the Patriots. They're minus 190 and out of land. Cam Newton, what do you think about that? Do you think they're going to pull the trigger or do you wow. think he just passed his prime? No, I, I think. And he's done. Well, I mean, they could go on the premise that you know Belichick and Josh McDaniel can get between his ears, and in I don't, I don't think he's done. Um, I guess it makes sense. I mean, the other guys out there, I guess, conceivably would be Andy Dalton. I, I don't know, you know. It, I think, I think Andy stays because they're going to have Burrow sit a year. I don't think they're going to throw him in there quite. I mean, um, yeah, they're not going to throw him in there quite yet. And then, but you know, I don't know if the Patriots are they just going to play that early Brady years football where it's all defense and just possession, you know, control possession on offense with Stidham, or are they going to pick up a guy like Winston or Cam Newton? Well, Winston, how about this? Winston Winston signed with the Saints for a million dollars. How insane is that? A million dollars. That's all. A million through thirty-three touchdowns last year, through a lot of interceptions. (laughs) Well, he. He's taking the Teddy Bridgewater route, which is yeah. But, but here's behind. the thing: but Teddy Bridgewater made seven million last year, and he was going there off an injury. Jameis Winston goes there and gets a million. That's nuts. He's got to prove his worth. I mean, as, as good as he's the first thirty thirty guy in NFL history. So you know, for all the <laughs> that's not a, throw, that's not a good hey, thing. It's not a good. Thing. <laughs> I got <laughs> uh, I got some trivia for you, Brian. Some Las Vegas trivia. When was the last time the strip was shut down? It was once. When was the last time the strip was shut down? Other than now. I didn't say it was shut down for a long time, but no one was allowed to go to the casinos. The casinos closed, and then they reopened some a little bit later. Uh, honestly, I mean, they're, you know, the, the, there are two that stick out, but I don't think it was either of those. So I'll just let you answer it. No, take a shot. No, I want to hear no, what you no, Just tell me. You tell me. Just tell J- me. JFK assassination. See, I would. Yeah, okay. I was thinking much more recently, and I and I didn't. My my recollection of nine eleven was no, it was still open, and obviously October one here did not close. So let me. I want to ask you. Um, wow, so it, it did. That, huh? Yeah. Uh, so I want to ask you: Have you, as a Las Vegas resident, we see these amazing shots on Instagram and social media of photographers going out and shooting the? You know, I'm a photographer shooting yeah. the strip. Ducks walking while, down the street. <laughs> yeah. So like. Have you literally taken the family and just drove down just to see this eerie feeling of, like, the world has stopped, or have you not even gone dr- – nope. have you driven down the strip? No. No. You don't want to experience that just to go down and, like, no. wow. There's nope. n- I drove. Okay. I drove. I drove on the other side of the valley uh, on Sunday. It was a nice afternoon, and we took a drive and went and got some Philly cheesesteak subs across town. Got it. That was was our big excursion. All right, you got it. Well, we'll be back next week. Hey, listen. Sports or no sports. Well, well, at least you didn't get into the dissecting the the ping pong. Well, handball's next week, guys. Handball. (laughs) Did you ever play (laughs) high lie? You ever been? Uh, no, but I know you Florida guys. I know a lot of Florida guys. <laughs> I've been there. I've gone to it a couple of times. It's actually it's interesting, but it's like. How about the cockfights in Puerto Rico? You no, bet on the chickens. No.
No, stop. Stop. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, you guys hang in there. Stay safe. Sports Insider Radio is the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. We invite you to check it out. And, uh, you know, the thing we're hoping for uh, is let's get sports back on the beam. Then we get fans back at these games. Uh, but we give you the opportunity to reach out to the boys, John and Mike, at sportsinsiderradio.com. We'll play it back again next week. Stay safe, everyone, and have a great day. It's the Vegas Board, Tuesday morning at 10 on AM 1400, KSHP North Las Vegas, and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Tim Berg. President Trump says he has no plans to extend the CDC's Stop the Spread guidelines. They'll be fading out because now the governors are doing it and they're explaining what they're doing and I'm, I am very much in favor of what they're doing. They're getting it going. The 30-day guidelines are set to expire this week. Now, Vice President Mike Pence does say, though, that states are using the CDC suggestions to reopen businesses. The current guidelines, I think you can say, are very much incorporated in 